0: Thanks for downloading this podcast from the University of Portsmouth. Our interviews bring you some world changing ideas and ask the big questions because research taking place here at Portsmouth is changing the world. Today, we meet Lincoln Geraghty, Professor of Media Cultures in the School of Film, Media and Communication, to talk about fandom.
1: I specifically look at franchise fandoms, so yeah. things like Star Wars, Star Trek, Doctor Who, partly because I'm a fan of those franchises myself. My sort of passion as a fan sort of indirectly influenced my choice to become a researcher, become an academic and teach this sort of stuff.
0: He's talking about the different types of fandom and the positives...
1: Fandom is a way of meeting people face to face, once the contacts happen online, then convention space can be quite a sort of proactive space to share, yeah. you know, meet new people, organize activities if you decide to sort of take your fandom into sort of more political, social yeah. aware uh, activities. Um, and it's still a sort of tangible way to make those passions and feelings more real
0: as well as the negative sides of subcultures and social networks.
1: they got so violent during the game, people throwing stuff at him and swearing at him. He had to be moved from the stadium for his own safety.
0: We could be forgiven for thinking that being a fan of a TV show, sport, franchise, or movie is as simple as consuming it and liking it, and maybe talking about it to your friends or on social media. But Lincoln explained that fandom takes many forms. You've got fans who discuss their thing on social media or with friends, fans who blog or engage in forums, fans who are actually professional critics, and then you've got the fan study side of things, like Lincoln and his team, who are known as ACA fans.
1: The nature of fan stereotypes, particularly, you know, in the press, from critics, would view fans as just mere consumers. And I think fan studies have in its history, very short history, the last 20 or 30 years, of saying, well, fans aren't just mere consumers. They Mm -hmm. can be highly critical be quite original and fans are producers not just consumers they they make things from those bits of popular culture that they watch or enjoy on a regular basis and they become media producers in their own right and that's something interesting to study within fan studies Mm. so memes or fake trailers or fan fiction that fans producing those are sort of media texts in their own right that deserve and need studying yeah. just as much as the sort of the big blockbuster or the, the the disney franchise you know because at the end of the day that stuff fills the internet that yeah. stuff is there it's about cultural production it shows fans are active it shows them as being sort of quite nuanced in their appreciation of a text yeah. they can like certain aspects but be highly critical of another fans have been doing that for decades
0: so fandom isn't just about appreciation for a film book or franchise It's about being part of a wider conversation around it. And why become a fan in the first place? Lincoln and his team's research shows that nostalgia has a key part to play in how we appreciate shows, sports and films as a social group.
1: 20, 30 years ago, nostalgia was seen as, you know, something perhaps we shouldn't talk about because nostalgia is often seen as a negative thing. It's not progressive, it's about people... Dwelling in the past, yeah. you know, just not escaping the past and just living in this sort of rose tinted, you know, history that never really existed. But um, my research, looking at collecting and why people collect, I found nostalgia was a much more proactive tool, as mm. a way of, to connect to people, you know, share the passion by going online and s- finding out who else, yeah. you know, like this. And, and, and then it provided an opportunity when talking about their collections to connect with people and find out their sort of personal story and share quite often intimate but often sort of revealing things about themselves which helped in their daily lives you know uh, almost as a support network or network of support I call those but I think you know, for fans, it, you know, that's an empowering mode of thought, uh, particularly when, you know, we say franchises are, are moving and developing and icons from childhood are being bought and sold, Star Wars, yeah. Marvel, you know. Nostalgia for the older stuff uh, yeah. allows a sense of preservation, you know. Yeah. History doesn't go away. Uh, fans become almost curators and archivists of, yeah. of media history.
0: Sounds pretty tempting. You could become a part of history by becoming a true fan of something. And other than a taste of immortality, why do people engage in fandom?
1: There's research you know, what they call generational fandom now. You know, things that, you know, you you've grown up but be- immersed in because your parents were immersed in you know that can happen in sports for sure yes you know Uh, know, your dad says you 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 support chelsea or you know you don't you leave this house forever so you have to yeah but you know generational fandom you know could 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 happen where you you're immersed in this stuff so it sticks with you
0: and thanks to technology fans can get more and more involved in the show or sport they love even creating their own fan fiction around it
1: Back in the analog days, if you wrote a fan fiction story and you wanted to send it to your fan group yeah. or publish it in a magazine, that would take a few months. You yeah. know? It would go around through snail mail. You know, you'd you yeah. have to type it all out, Xerox it, yeah. and send it out to your friends in, in envelopes. Now it's all up on some, somewhere like fanfiction.net, which is a massive online repository of right. millions of fan fiction stories. You can just scour using an A to Z search any franchise you're into, I don't know, pick uh, Avatar, the film. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there'll be fan fiction stories yeah. based on that one movie. So the, the communities have shifted online and, and allowed that to really sort of explode exponentially, you know. And I think this is why fandom's become much more sort of popular, yeah. and populist with series like Big Bang Theory, you know, which is all about comic book geeks and the celebration of all things nerdy. 30 years ago they would have just been seen as odd but now it seems you know part of the modern media landscape that fans are out there and this is what they do.
0: So fandom is sometimes about engaging with a text and even creating your own version of it. Lincoln explained that fandom also seems to be part of a fan's identity.
1: Everyone wants a way of identifying themselves in a social network we need a way of simply communicating to someone else who I am and what I'm into and fandom provides that if it's about simply wearing a t-shirt to reveal your passion for something as a sort of visual marker to what you're into or as the community becomes stronger and the fans become more sort of close knit it's a way of communicating with people it's a way of engaging with people on a sort of level through the lens of the particular text whether it's a TV show or film or comic book or whatever
0: it is So a lot of fandom is about the community groups that it provides for the people within the subculture.
1: It's this idea that fandom can provide that sort of social contact, that cohesion yeah. in the community that often now in this age of social media we often say is lacking it's all about surface there's no we're losing empathy because we're not meeting people face to face but actually fandom is a way of meeting people face to face once the contacts happen online then convention space can be quite a sort of proactive space to share yeah you know meet new people organized activities if you decide to sort of take your fandom into sort of more political social aware uh, activities and it's still a sort of tangible way to make those passions and feelings more real you know that's what conventions can offer you know a, a chance for sort of fans to sort of celebrate their passion for something without being seen as odd or you know different in any particular yeah. way no different to going up to see pompey play you know right. in yeah. a, a three o'clock on a saturday everyone dressed in their university of portsmouth <laughs> yeah. strips that's just like a star trek fan going to a convention dressed as captain john luke picard yeah. there's no difference yeah but one is seen as more culturally appropriate yeah and legitimate and the other one is seen as a little bit odd still and i want the The latter to be more like the former. Yeah. Something more just normal and everyday. Yeah.
0: Lincoln told us that community groups often go one step further than meetings to discuss their shared love of a text. They meet to do good in the real world and influence change.
1: One fan of Harry Potter, for example, decided to use his passion for the series to sort of start a web campaign to you know, petition Nescafe to more ethically produce coffee, you know. He used his passion for for Harry Potter to convince his employers to to only use fair trade, and then other fans on board, you know, leapt on board, and they sort of started to call themselves Dumbledore's army which is from the movies and yeah. books, right? So we are here for progressive change. We will use the inspiration of J.K. Rowling to sort yeah. of petition different groups, get fair trade onto shelves, stop unethical production practices in Africa, or make a difference more locally. I'm doing some research on, on Pokemon Go and yeah. sort of... The, the fan community playing that game the world went Pokemon crazy for a bit you know you can catch a Bulbasaur in your toilet now the community is still out there, the game is still going and talking about that online space a lot of sort of online communities are developed where people then organize to meet up yeah. they have fan festivals in real spaces they they use their passion for Pokemon to sort of get involved in social issues and, and, and activities like um, there was recently a what they called a water festival where they went off and cleaned beaches, you know, taking part in, you know, the environmental cause, Yeah. going around collecting Pokemon on the beach but at the same time picking up plastic and cleaning the beach, you know. So so it was putting their passion for Pokemon yeah. into a social issue yeah. that they can make a real difference to, having an impact on society. Niantic, who, who designed Pokemon, always said they always had the intention to use the game, to sort of bring people together to do things yeah. for, the, for the great good of society, and I think, you know, after the sort of game, you know, and initially died down with its sort of fad phenomenon appeal, they wanted to sort of connect with loyal gamers, people yeah. that still played the game, and then utilize that enthusiasm to make some difference. So, so yeah, they, they chose different sites around the world, Niantic, and said, you know, turn up to these sites at a particular time with local uh, charitable organizations that can sort of organize on the ground in those spaces. Yeah you know, for two or three hours, do a beach cleanup for example, and in that time, we'll do extra incentives on the game. So right. we'll give you double points, or double stardust, is yeah. what they call it, or the chance to catch more Pokémon in that area whilst you're beach cleaning. So right. you you get something out of it, and then yeah, the local communities charitable communities get something yeah. out of it, too. So that's how Niantic works with some of its public awareness campaigns. But other things are more fan-driven. So the the, the Latin American Pokémon Go fan community Decided to sort of come together, you know, meet in the parks to play, but at the same time, you know, meet up and talk about what they can do to sort of smarten up the park, or, right. or, or, or clean up the park, or dress it up, or, yeah. or rejuvenate it. And so they use that passion to bring people in to get feet, boots on the ground, yeah. to help out.
0: But not every engagement with fandom is positive. Lincoln told us about his research into fan reactions within the Chicago Cubs baseball fan community.
1: There's quite a lot of hate as well as love within the community. Mm. I was looking at, you know, the sort of fan reactions within the Chicago Cubs baseball fan community. The sort of idea that, you know, the, the fans have this sort of losing mentality and they're sort of resigned to defeat. And so when something bad goes wrong at a game, all the sort of frustrations and outpourings get focused on one particular fan yeah. because they used to see them as that they're to blame they affected right. they affected the game somehow it's a famous yeah. case of someone called steve bartman who was in the in the stands you know and a, f- a ball pops out fly ball pops out of the field and one of the fielders is trying to catch it and if he catches it the guy gets out and yeah. they might move closer to winning the game winning the championship the fan gets in the way the ball drops to the ground, dead play. And uh, as the game progressed and the Cubs were losing more and more, fans started to turn on this one guy saying, you ruined our chance of winning this match. Uh, And it got so violent during the game, people throwing stuff at him and swearing at him. He had to be moved from the stadium and taken by police for his own safety. So I'm fascinated by those types of sort of fan reactions too. It's not always about... Love, it's about often, you know, and we see that in sports fandom a lot, you know, hooliganism and people, you know, shouting, hurling insults. I think, you know, much more research can be done on that fan reaction, not just in a sporting context, but in a media context.
0: But back to the more positive aspects of fandom. Lincoln explained that he believes fandom can perform similar community functions that religious gatherings and congregations do
1: meeting people that sort of share similar beliefs or interests and being able to meet them on a regular basis in one specific place, you know, on a secular level, that's what fandom is. Yeah. You know, you know, you can go to a, a Star Trek Convention any weekend in the world and go and meet people that you know will know the text just as well as you have similar interests and concerns about the text and a wider appreciation of popular culture. Yeah. So it does perform similar things. Um, research into fan tourism and, and, and media tourism has shown this. There's now an interesting sort of dovetail relationship between fans going on holiday and seeking out familiar spaces related to their fandom is you know akin to like you know tourism more generally about yeah. going to famous sites like the vatican or stonehenge right. and getting pictures to feel closer to history or getting an understanding of history and culture going to a filming site to, to sort of take a picture where benedict cumberbatch stood filming sherlock in london right. gets you closer to that text yeah. it gets you into the text it's offering you a way to sort of vicariously occupy that space even temporarily to be closer to the yeah. thing you love and that's something quite interesting that i find around media tourism it's about you know finding specialness in often quite obscure and obsolete spaces just because something was filmed there yeah or that 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 sort of backstreet was used in a number of movies going to new orleans for example they do a movie tour and they take you around in a bus and they show you clips of famous movies on the back of your seat and then they say look to your right now and this is there where it was is. filmed and <laughs> here it is in that movie here is it shot from a different angle in that movie and it gives that sort of that fans that sort of tangible appreciation of the thing that they love ephemerally sitting yes. in their living room it becomes yeah. more real through enacting
0: it seems that fandom is about creating communities, positive family experiences, and a sense of self. And it's good for the economy too. Fandom is big business.
1: It's multi-billion dollar industry. It's, it's you know, Disney trying to get every bit of money it can. Yeah. You know, and I, that's what I'm fascinated about. You can have all that at the same yes. time, all acting or all happening at the same moment. Yeah. You know, someone walking through a commodified space like Graceland and having those very sort of personal moments. Yeah.
0: Thanks for listening to this episode of Life Solved from the University of Portsmouth. You can find out more about the work of Lincoln and his team, as well as our other projects, by going online to port.ac.uk/slash research. If you want to share your thoughts on this programme, you can follow us on social media using the hashtag LifeSolved. Next time, We'll hear how a University of Portsmouth team is working to share knowledge between Kenya and the UK in order to reduce COVID-19 transmission. It's an incredible place of creativity, ingenuity and dynamism that has massively informed and shaped the way that we deliver our research and ultimately make it more sort of effective. Make sure you subscribe in your podcast app to get every episode of Life Solved automatically. And please do tell us what you think with a review and rating if you get a moment. From the team in Portsmouth, thanks for listening. We can't wait to share another fascinating story next time.